Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 153. I had to think for a second about it. Um, I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And this week, uh, we have some, what is probably the final round of Razagath nerfs. We're going to talk a little bit about that, talk a little bit about rating. Uh, we also have the release date for uh, patch 10.1, uh, and yes. with it, the uh, release of Aberus, the next raid tier, uh, along with some raid testing, which is still ongoing, and is going to be going on pretty much up until patch release. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Adam, how is your raid week? Uh, ooh, not the greatest, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um our Tuesday was spent typing to Raska for oh, no. probably about three hours, I want to say. Three oh, hours, 15. No. Yeah, we, we had clean Erna, clean Diurna, um, and then did Razgath and just proceeded to wipe. I mean, we we did... So we're trying to basically clean up Cs for everybody, and yeah. I think we tried to push. I think we had five brand new people in. Um, oh, boy. In, like, various roles of, like, yeah. you know, we popped out Druids, so, like... Our we, druid, you know, um, was brand new. Um, swapped sides for some people. Swapped tanks yeah. again. Different oh. tanking comp for the. Oh, this will be like the fourth, fifth tanking comp we've had. Which then in turn changed our healing comp because our paladin yep. who was tanking is now healing. So yeah, it was um, it was it was a rough Tuesday we'll say. Um, but literally came back Thursday, uh, a chain like dropped it down to just two or three new people and basically we shot it. Uh, yeah, that's actually the rest of the raid. So that's about where we kept it is like two, three new people at a time. Um, and we might have done like four new people or new people. We had like a healer that was playing their off spec on Raz. They're actually going to be a main healer for us next year. Um, but they went back and played Boomkin for us. Uh, gotcha. And so it's like they're in a different role. They're on the other platform, but phase one, phase two, and beyond, they've all seen. Like they yeah. they know those they're doing the same things except his damage instead of healing but they're otherwise their assignments are the same like they're still doing the same mass entangle, you know they're in the same spots in for sparks and and shields for phase two and all of that stuff so gotcha yeah, yeah no we had um it was yeah it was a uh, it was a trying time we'll say but then we I mean we back cleared and I think we only wiped we basically cle- like cleared the raid and two hours on Thursday. So it basically killed Razagath and then killed every other boss in two hours. So it was a nice, it's pretty efficient. So, I mean, we should be down to one, one, one night this week, but um, yeah, it was a little bit of a rough week. And we had, we did a couple of new things too. Like we, we tried the P2 lust on Razagath, um, literally finished the boss like 15 seconds earlier. It didn't really matter. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, it's not, I think if we, I think if we were a little bit more focused about how we used it, it's fine. But you chew up like eight, nine seconds of that heroism into a sh- into the shield anyway, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. The, it does, not too, not too crazy of a difference. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if your um, kill time is like eleven minutes or longer, I would honestly still lost phase one. Yeah, so we'll probably we'll probably continue to do that for sure. We uh so we did not one night clear this week. Uh, we have Dathia left, but we are actually not going back to finish it off. 
Uh, we are just <laughs> hard one night. That's it. Um, nice. And I don't think we've officially said that, but I'm like, oh, well, we said we're not coming back for just Dathia this week, but I think we, I probably do an announcement this week that like we're actually just hard committing to one night clearing. And if we're not fully cleared, it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason for that is because we tried to do some pretty aggressive changes on Razageth. Um, more than more than any other boss, that's that's what cost us time. Like we had a couple wipes on Diurna, right? Um, but then we spent over an hour on Razageth, and that was we started off trying to do three heal Razageth. Oh, okay. Um, and three heal and just kind of YOLO stuff in the first intermission and see what happens. Um, and Sometimes it was fine. We would skip like the first two shields or uh, healing absorbs. Uh-huh. And that's awesome. But then sometimes we would get both. And so that's not not awesome especially with one fewer healer on that side. Right, exactly. Um and so we ended up going back to four heal running back our strat from last week. The other thing we were trying to change actually was in the second intermission was ignoring the first set of small ads and killing the two the first two big ads before their second teleport oh interesting okay so so we were trying to do that and we didn't pull it off successfully and then we went to four heal and we just like yolo pulled it off <laughs> but not only did we pull it off we pulled it off while also killing all of the small ads <laughs> that is hilarious so we yeah. we just like i don't know that that was just wild that's funny yeah because we were killing i mean we we typically on progression head so we didn't we didn't do that we weren't that quick but we were able to kill the third ad before it jumped the final time yeah like there was a little bit of confusion but yeah our range or whoever we got it low enough in intermission that we were able to kill it without that final jump so yeah um, yeah those intermissions are i mean honestly a joke now i think if if we planned out cooldowns a little bit better in intermission one on blue side we could probably get zero shields on all three ad sets yeah um but like we just didn't change anything so we got yeah. you know we got the first and third shield just because we all everybody grief torches on the second hat, yeah so. yeah yeah um it was the, no, uh, i guess oh, sorry um i actually the the second intermission i died because i'm playing death knight on it right and mm. the ad i'm supposed to be like death striking off of to heal myself died and the other ad is on the other end of the platform punching me in the face and now I'm out of range of all the healers because they saw what was oh, happening. Shit, and I went to yeah. the, like, I went from the small ads over to the ad that I normally go to because we were doing the old strat, right? Like, that thing yeah. is still supposed to be alive. I got there and it's at, like, 1% health and we just kill it. And it's like, what, what do, do I do, do now? Yeah. I started waddling to the other side of the platform, but it was yeah. uh, it was too little too late. That's why. That's so, uh, yeah, that... That intermission, I think, actually might be a little bit harder now for people that aren't super disciplined about not killing the ads early. Because one of the wipe conditions is you kill one of the ad one of the ads early, but not the other. Uh huh. Then you have two like enraged big ads going off, right. where they're both getting their stacking debuff. So it's actually just twice as much damage. Yeah. And that's not really uh, that's not really healable. <laughs> speaking no. from experience because we had it happen 
That's not really healable. That's fair. Yeah, I guess we can talk a little bit just about some of the some of the raid nerfs themselves. So there was a I will sort of move this up in the order. There was a there was a ner- there was a couple nerfs to Razigat this week. Um I don't I guess they eventually um mentioned them, but basically it's a bunch of health reductions across the across the bosses, right? So like the Razigat itself got a five percent health nerf, and then basically every ad in the intermission got some sort of health nerf. <laughs> um both yeah. in intermission one and intermission two. So that includes all the little ads, the Herald, so the, the red side flame shield ad, the shield itself is less uh, healing. Um, then all the little ads, and then the the two larger ads, uh, or sorry, I guess three larger ads in intermission two also got their health reduced by 15% across the board. Yeah. Um, and this in turn, like I think we were talking about, just sort of lessens, gives you more margin of error within the intermissions um, to sort of kill the ads, basically. Um, but yeah. you run the intermission maybe slightly sooner. So the... We actually we ran into an issue, by the way. I don't know if you ran into this, but on the Ruiner health reduction, it also reduces the shield that they have. Yeah, we, we ran found, into that too. What we found is our range is their typical, like, thinking it, and that was enough to actually trigger the ads to spawn as a breath yeah. is coming. So we're baiting a breath back, everybody. Yeah. Ads spawn, and then we're late getting there, and we ended up getting a shield a couple times. And we, we uh, had to have people just not touch them, basically. Because I I do this thing. I don't bait the breath with everybody else. I walk forward. So mm-hmm. I'm there. Um, but we did have a, a couple of pulls. That was actually part of our issue with the three heal one as well. Um, is we were, were, were not respecting that. Um, and I wouldn't be there when the ads spawned. And so yeah. people just get punched in the face and die. Uh, Blood Decay, not known for their snap threat. I have stuff set up for the first two. Uh-huh. Like I use um, Tombstone AOE burst on the first one to grab threat along with mass grip. And then on the second one, I have grabby hands, but then on the third one, there's nothing. So if that one gets broken early, like people are just going to die and there's nothing you, I can do about it really. Cause threat sucks. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's all. That's rough too. Yeah. Cause our DK is on our blue side too. So it's always a little a little sketchy when we pull in. So, but no, I mean, other than that, other than sort of our Razgath troubles, the rest of the raid went perfectly fine for us. So it was not not a bad week. It seems like yeah, you didn't have a terrible week either. Yeah, we uh, we so this is also um, our healing officer is stepping down from the officer team. So I am now the uh, the one doing healing CDs, nice. uh, at least for the moment. Uh, so I did healing CDs for the first time this week, uh, and. I'll say it mostly worked out fine. Uh, Kura Grim Totem, I've made some mistakes on, but you know, we 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 got there. Um, nice. That that is such a weird boss to do healing CDs for. Uh, it actually yeah. worked. So okay, one one last diversion, then we'll move on with like the other topics. But uh, so Kura, right? We're getting to the end of the second intermission, and okay. uh. I have like a revival set up at the end of the phase, right? Before the, like on the second to last tick, we right. hit revival. Last tick happens, everybody's at like 10% health in the boss phases. And on the one hand, nobody died to that. Yep. On the other hand, everybody's at 10% health going into the intermission. The Disc Priest doesn't have anything to attack. The Holy Paladin doesn't have anything to attack. The Mistweaver doesn't have anything to attack. Um, so there's like, they're all kind of like trying, struggling. Um, but 
they they were like after our, they were like you know if there had been one extra tick we just would have been dead and i'm like we know how many ticks there are there's not one more tick yeah but yeah, that's, uh, that that fight that fight's funny too because yeah like that's similar the way that we run cooldowns is like the final ticks are always like the super sketchy ones and it's like you yeah. know there's a you know there's a cooldown coming but because everybody drops so low like in your at least in my mind and i bet you yeah. my other healers would say the same thing there's like a mini panic attack you have because you yeah you never remember exactly when the last tick is so it's like there could be another one so i gotta heal everybody up so there's like always that sort of panicky yeah rush at the end so um and i will say it is hilarious how much better rewind is than revival absolutely yeah, ludicrous how much better rewind is or for any sort of major raid damage that you live through but need to be topped off rewind is absolutely godlike. like Re- rewind is just insane yeah absolutely insane oh your light is on the fritz yeah i need to we might okay yeah. that's annoying hold on a second All right. ah <laughs> Pardon the technical difficulties. All right, we might just be uh, we might go in dark mode tonight or today. Um, so sorry for our video watchers. I'm gonna try and do some stuff real quick. That lights off. Um, are you sure? Because it just yeah, flickered. No. no, we're good now. We're good now. So we'll figure something out real quick. Um, all right, sorry just, about uh, that. So, open open the blank Google Doc on your on your screen. That's what that's actually literally what I'm doing on the side screen right now. <laughs> So there we go. Um, oh my God, that's so bright. Maybe not that bright. We'll make it a little bit lower. All right, there we go. Um, so cool. So now that we have a little bit of a diversion for our video watchers. You will have noticed uh, if you have like epilepsy or some sort of prone to seizures, please watch that part of the podcast. Yeah, I may um, actually, I may, I don't, I don't often actually edit the video version, like the video itself. Yeah. I may for that one because that was like, I don't have that kind of issue, but that was really annoying. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I need to replace that light. It sounds like finally. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, back on track uh, on some of the topics from last week. So, a couple things to review. Um, I guess we'll start with something not really WoW related, but WoW tangential related. Um, so, Ghost Crawler, aka Greg Street, a former uh, World of Warcraft, uh, I guess game director, um, back in like the Wrath-ish era. Um, and previously of Riot, uh, working on as the game director of their unannounced MMO, um, at least, well, in name. It's announced, but like, one. no details, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Greg stepped down from Riot about four or five weeks ago, I want to say now. Um, you know, cited wanting to, like, you know, uh, just actually really just said he wanted to get back to his family, having a tough year personally. So be good on him for being able to step down and, and you know, go back home or, or spend some more time with his family. But this week he announced that he is opening his own studio. Um, basically, it will be a remote first studio. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So no other details um, well, related to opened it. his own studio and they're making an MMO. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so they are making an MMO. And so the I mean, good on Greg. I think Greg, you know, I always look back on the time when he was the game director at WoW. He used to do those dev water coolers all the time. There was tons of communication from the developers to the players. It was awesome. Um, a lot of behind the scenes, like answering the why they're doing things. So I think we're getting back to in this expansion a little bit. 
Um, but you know, after he left, there was sort of a definite change in the way that Blizzard communicated. So good on him for starting this. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's funny leaving <laughs> leaving Riot to start your own studio and then work on an MMO kind of makes you wonder why you left Riot in the first place. Yeah, and that's kind of. I have a bit of a theory about this. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, so, I, sorry. I mean, straight from the kind of thing he wrote, he wanted to go back to Texas, right? Yeah. And we're in the middle of what I will um, politely call a tech sector crackdown on remote work. Mm-hmm. And I suspect he probably got told, no, you can't work from Texas. That's true. Yeah, and so said, I, okay, then I quit. So that's one. That's I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Um, the more cynical view <laughs> that I have is that uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Riot's been on a bit of an MMO hiring spree lately. Last eighteen months, and they've hired okay. a lot of people from a certain other studio that may have been around when Greg was sort of just on the way out of that studio. Oh, Blizzard. He's they they're a hiring bunch a bunch of, of ex Blizzard from senior Blizzard dev from the post Ghost Crawler area era. That's well, that that were either brand new or it started right around when Greg was the game director and was leaving. So, like in my cynical view of the world, which I love to take, is that he got out because he didn't like who he was working with anymore. <laughs> but, All right, I mean that is a lot more cynical. <laughs> I mean, that, there, there's probably very little founded on that because I'm almost positive he has a bunch of feedback on like hiring decisions, anyways. Is yeah, he, right? he was a good I, I would be, I would be shocked if he did not have very, very large control over the design team for the MMO. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, I thought that was funny that a bunch of X. I mean, at the time they they left Blizzard as senior devs, but. It would have been, you know, just starting or junior developers, right, around the time yeah. when Greg was around the Wrath time frame. So, and Cataclysm. So, I mean, I just thought it was funny. It, our bunch of Blizzard yeah. people, big leaves. So, um, uh, but yeah, good. I mean, good luck to Greg. I think it'll be interesting to see what they put out. But I mean, like, the biggest problem with these MMO stuff or this MMO announcements is like he's six years from releasing a game at minimum. Yeah. Right. Like, so. Similar yeah. with like Ryan it's gonna be a while. Their MMO. Yeah. Um, but. Maybe one day we'll we'll hear. we'll hear. Which he he did uh, in the tweets did mention that uh, I'm going to quote this. Fortunately, I have found a great strategic partner aligned with this vision, and we are moving forward. So that means somebody's bankrolling this. Somebody somebody is bankrolling the Ghost Crawler MMO. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what that's going to be. I don't know that we have had like. Uh, uh, an auteur MMO since like Ultima Online. Yeah. Like, um, MMOs past uh, the, like, once EverQuest hit the scene, every MMO past that point that gained any traction was a like AAA kind of scale. Exactly. Just due to the costs involved. Um, and I don't know that it would be correct to call. I'm going to continue calling it the Ghost Crawler MMO uh, yeah. to call that like an otter uh, one. Which for those that aren't familiar with the term, that's like people use that term uh, when talking about film specifically. When you have like a director that has a clear and specific vision and more or less complete creative control. 
Um, so that's the kind of thing that I mean when I say that is like, well, this is going to be in large degree the ghost crawler MMO, not the Riot Games MMO or you know the Blizzard MMO. This is the ghost crawler MMO. Right, yeah, yeah, as the, as the lead there. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what he puts out, but it'll definitely be definitely be a while. Um, we'll say so. Um, so cool. Um, the other, I guess, big news is there was a bunch of other hot fixes this week. None uh, particularly hit monks, except a few PvP. There was a handful of um, Mistweaver changes in PvP, particularly just lowering our overall damage and then lowering the mana return we get from Spirit of the Crane. Um, but what I actually wanted to bring up, because I don't PvP, so I don't actually know what that means. It probably is bad for us, but in any event. Um, the other bigger thing is that they did a ton of uh, a ton of healer changes outside of Mistweavers um, with some some crazy nerfs. So like, big one, Restoration Shaman, healing nerfed by 5.5% across the board, um, which is just hilarious because Shamans have been widely considered probably you know on the down um, themselves and discs yeah. in general. Um, so yeah, it sounds like their changes they got uh, hit a little bit above the mark of what Blizzard wanted. I almost um, feel like that was like a like the current slate of raid encounters is not very resto shaman like stacked healing friendly. Mm-hmm. Basically, only Karog has relevant healing throughput and also has the raid largely stacked. Like Razagat, you're pretty hard spread for a lot of the fight. Um, yeah. Same thing on Dathia, you're not like hard hard spread, but you can't stack too hard because of the conductive mark mechanic. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's I mean, Taros would be like the only other one with like yeah. the first healing requirements. You're yeah. generally grouped ish up. So yeah, so like maybe you can do like rest of shop, but it's like it's two bosses where like and yeah. every other because they're so heavy on the like stacked healing, they kind of struggle anytime you can't do that. So it's like uh, my impression, at least of rest of shaman in raid, is that rest of shaman is not in the greatest spot already. And maybe they're just significant. Like this feels like a nerf because of P, um, not PvP, uh, Mythic Plus. Like if they're punching above their weight in Mythic Plus, in part because of the Acid Rain stuff. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. That one surprised me. Yeah, that was an interesting one. And then they've gone through and done a bunch of different changes on disc, particularly around their Power Word Shield. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so there is, uh, there's some changes there, um, some reductions in mana costs, increases in healing, and then preservation evoker getting a little healing bump, surprisingly, um, they're getting bumped up by 3%, which seems interesting along with the living, uh, flame change. So, um, some more healer yeah. balance at the end of 10.0.7, probably setting us up for 10.1 and what they want going into the raid. So. Yeah, uh, another noteworthy nerf. Um, we're going to talk about the zero healer keys later, but Hand of the Protector uh, was nerfed from increasing Word of Glory by up to 250%, depending on the target's missing HP, to up to 100%. So a very dramatic nerf to that talent, um, which makes me sad because that's a fun talent to play. Um, not very many people play it because... Uh, it, it's just like it requires a lot of um, a lot of awareness 
to uh-huh. actually play effectively and have it be worth the talent point investment because it's not free to pick up that talent right now. It costs one point, but you don't normally path up to it. So it really, if you want to pick it up, you're spending like three points to grab it. So it's it's got a real cost associated with playing it, and it it requires uh you know actually actively trying to heal your group with it, and having a healer that's not going to snipe the heals that you try and do with wogs, uh, yeah. which if you're playing no healers doesn't exist. So you get a lot of value. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so a ton of, a ton of healing changes. There's some other changes to like different DPS ones and things like that. But, um, I mean, for our perspective, I think the healing ones are just interesting. seems like they're trying to balance, I think a little bit more. Um, we'll see. Missyver though, still looking really good for 10.1. Um, that bonuses and everything included. So, um, so cool. So, then next up we have, um, give it a little bit here uh, in our notes. Um, we have a update to the weak aura slash gossip ID for Court of Stars. So this made waves in the MDI, yeah. um, which apparently, which, you know, basically is the fact that at the end of Court of Stars, you have to find a spy to trigger the next portion of the dungeon. Um, typically, you have to talk to a bunch of individual NPCs to get clues as to what that spy looks like. Then you talk to that spy and you say, you are the spy. And then they either say yes or no. And if you get it right, you get to move on. If you get it wrong, you get stunned and sent back out of the room to retry and guess, basically. And so what was found is that apparently the dialogue options, the gossip options, even though the text is the same, the actual spell ID for each dialogue option is different versus when you speak to the spy or versus when you don't. The so people wrote a weak aura, check to see what the spell ID of the option was. If it was the correct spell ID, it would uh, Wicca would automatically select it, and you would then move on to the next uh, phase, which basically meant you just opened a dialogue box with each of the people who could be the spy, and it would automatically when they got to the right one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason that this didn't exist back in Legion is because the gossip ID, the like ID of the text option, uh, wasn't exposed until mm-hmm. relatively recent API changes. Uh, I don't know if it was Shadowlands or Dragonflight, but one of those two uh, had some API changes that exposed that information. Yeah. So now you can write a weak aura that checks it because now now the, the weak aura can programmatically check that. And um, I would be a little bit surprised if they don't do something to... I mean, Quarter Starts is rotating out in a month, so uh-huh. maybe they don't do anything about it. Um, it's really actually not faster for like an uncoordinated group to like run around and click every one. Yeah, you have to you have to basically assign people. You have to have a whole team yeah. now this week or or macro because you can also do it as a macro, uh, and then assign different groups for each person on your team to go and run to, and that yeah. way you're not sort of running over each other. You're efficient in your movement through, um, so you hit the right amount of groups in a certain order. So, yeah, um, yeah, they did. So Blizzard did try and fix this. Um, they're hot fix was basically just to change the ID number. And so it, the new ID number has already been found. Weak auras and uh, macros Weak have been updated. updated. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, um, yeah, I, I agree bold with you. They, strategy, but yeah, doesn't, doesn't work that well. Blizzard. Um, but yeah, it seems like they basically have to probably pull back what they're presenting. Although to that, to your point, Curtis stars goes away in a couple weeks, um, which we know the exact date it goes away. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it might not be a huge issue, um, at least in that dungeon. Maybe there's going to be other dungeons that, uh, that sort of hit on that. So I don't think any of next season dungeons have, have like relevant, you know, dialogue options where you, where it's kind of like a hidden information game. 
Yeah, I think you're right. The only thing I freehold's in the rotation. I was trying to think of the different weekly events that freehold might have it, but I think it's just they're all around. like you just like there's there was an auto interact one from BFA for freehold because yeah. all you it didn't you just had to interact with them. There was not like a, a mini game around finding the right one to interact with. It was just you just found any of them exactly and you interacted with it. Gotcha. Yeah. So that is um. Yeah, so that is sort of the the new week or so. Go and grab it if you're running quarter stars over the next couple of weeks. Uh, make your life easier in that room. So, um, so yeah. So then next up um, is for this weekend. Bunch of PTR testing is going on. Um, you get to test out all the new affixes, um, all the new changes. Um, you know the different levels of what affixes come in, things like that. So that's going on until Monday. Um, so you'll get to, I mean, get in there and test. Um, I guess the question is, Emelson, uh, how bad is entangling? I actually did go and do some entangling keys. <laughs> okay. um, and I, I have to say, uh, no bias here. Um, entangling is exactly as I predicted it. Just 95, so- 95% of the time, it's just annoying. Like we did a Vortex Pinnacle. The one thing we were concerned about in Vortex Pinnacle was on the last boss where he makes a safe zone and you have to get into it or you die. Uh-huh. Um, we did have a bad entangling overlap with that, but he channels for such a long time to make the safe zone that it ends up not being an issue. So that was okay. fine. Vortex Pinnacle was totally fine. Vortex Pinnacle, actually, the bosses like don't have mechanics almost, except yeah. for the last boss. The last boss has... has uh, I didn't even remember the stars that he summons and the stars just do ticking raid aoe and you yeah. just got to stay on top of keeping the stars dead or you actually are going to die um the, we did the, it doesn't the third boss have the wind mechanic is that vortex pinnacle yeah i thinking yeah that's yeah. kind of hard sometimes but there's 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 no other thing to do there's like a frontal no. that you dodge there's tornadoes that just exist in the area that's true that's and true. you just like and they nerfed the haste buff slash debuff so it's not as crazy in mythic plus as it is in time walking um so you don't have to be instantly in the right spot um but it's still like a bloodlust right if you're in the right area you have bloodlust if you're not in the right area you don't have bloodlust uh you have negative bloodlust um so you you do need to get there but it's not as bad uh i did this on saturday which they had done some nerfs to the trash in vortex pinnacle uh specifically the empyrean assassins uh, had a poison that did a stacking haste debuff um, as well as some damage and they just stacked it really really fast and so your tanks could get negative 100% haste gotcha um, so they removed that poison uh, we did not like it didn't it, they weren't applying it to me um, as of yesterday afternoon uh, which I don't know I feel like that might have just been a, a little bit of an overreaction because the dungeon as a whole was super easy Nice. Uh, but then we went and we did Neltharis. And Neltharis is one that we picked because I was curious about uh, the chain boss, actually. Um, oh, and okay. entangling on the chain boss, uh, we did have the overlap where entangling happened as the chains went out. And honestly, it wasn't bad. Um, really? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh. There's just so much time. So the key thing here is it doesn't instantly kill you if you're gotcha. slowed. And um, there's not really like a huge punishment for being a little bit slower to get the chains on the boss. 
Uh, that Sorry. fight as a whole is actually super punishing. If somebody dies with their chain, you just can't remove the boss in rage. You don't get the 50% damage oh, increase Jesus, phase. Yeah. Um, so it's actually very punishing to have somebody die on that fight, but entangling was not really something that caused people to die. Then we got to Magma Tusk, who is not on my radar, but holy shit, entangling there was awful. <laughs> it was every it... everything on that fight one-shots. And you have to dodge it all, okay. And you're constantly dodging. It's always happening. There's no, like there's no period where you're not either dodging a swirly that's about to land on you, dodging a magma wave that's about to come from the boss, dodging the boss's charge, which is actually pretty tight timing. Like you got to be moving, moving, moving. Um, and so it's not the first entangling that necessarily kills you. Yep. It's, it's that um, you have entangling that overlaps with a mechanic and maybe you survive that one, but then maybe you do, you use your movement ability without entangling up because you are like right next to the bosses the charge is happening you just don't have time and then the entangling happens and you can't get out of the way of a magma wave and you just get one shot gotcha so bad so, positioning well or play no no because no, the magma waves directly are always at people gotcha um so like we had basically like one maybe two potential entangling deaths prior to that point across the two oh. dungeons that we did um and then magma tusk just like multiple wipes where we just had like three people die to entangling because like the boss would charge um and we were trying to do this the boss is actually very highly tuned right now we were doing it on a uh, 20 tyrannical so it was like pretty hard yeah. um and maybe when we get there on live and we just have higher eye level it won't be as tightly tuned. It won't be one shots. So in that case, the entangling gets way less bad because it doesn't just instantly kill you. Um, yeah. But as it was on PTR, uh, we were trying to like bait the boss's charge into the wall, kind of like Kragma and Underrot, where you would bait it into the skeleton so that it didn't charge all the way across the arena because it was also a DPS race. And so you needed to kill the boss before it killed you. It's got a soft enrage, all this stuff. Um, sure. And that means that everybody was pretty close to the magma waves when they spawned. And so if entangling came out, then there just wasn't <laughs> time. You yeah. just didn't have time to get out of the way of the magma wave. Um, unless you like we had a paladin right so our comp was actually like pretty favorable for this i i didn't realize this last week but priests can remove it every time with fade oh really uh, i didn't know that either yeah yeah so priests can remove it every time with fade so we had a priest a paladin me on uh brewmaster we had a uh, elemental shaman and then a boomkin so like everybody except the shaman has a way to just immediately remove their own and it still wiped us numerous times on magma tusk we actually ended up like not completing the instance. We were it was like me and a guildie and then three pugs and the pugs were just yeah. like not having it. Uh, I our our affixes by the way that key was a a level twenty fortified tyrannical raging uh, entangling. So uh, we also found some fun raging uh, raging overlaps, and there were some of our other entangling deaths were actually like one of the mobs in there has a a charge that does a bunch of damage and it's normally like not going to one shot you but then if it rages and you get entangled and you can't get out of it because it's a pretty short short cast um, right then you just die but it's a trash pack like you can you can kind of 
recovered from that. It's okay. Um, yeah. Magma Tusk was the big one where it was just like, you just like, were at the mercy of entangling happening at a good time. And if it didn't, you're host. Um, the other thing is actually, um, entangling doesn't seem to happen outside of combat, but it will okay. kind of like queue up. So the timer will expire, which means that, for example, if you are running to back to a boss, um, you kind of get it at the same points uh, pretty gotcha. consistently. Um, there's some variance in it in the same way that Quaking had a little bit of variance. So it's not literally the same points every time. But um, that did mean, for example, that the entangling was kind of consistently coming out after one of the boss charges on on Magma Tusk, which is just a gotcha. really hard overlap. So there was no like going again and hoping we get luckier with entangling timing. It was like, that's when entangling is. And on some level, we could probably play around that. But in a, in a key with like three pugs on PTR, tough, where there's yeah. no gear, no IO, nothing's on the line. Like, there just wasn't interest. So yeah. I, I will say that throughout the whole thing, there was no point at which entangling was a fun mechanic. It was always annoying. <laughs> always Fair. annoying. Um, it... Most of the time, again, it's going to be just fine. It's not going to be a problem. But then you have the Magma Tusk kind of situation where it goes from like a 1 to an 11 and just goes <laughs> from like just an annoyance uh, to actually wiping your group. And that's right. just like that. That When it ramps up to 11, that is just awful. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, also the visual, uh, there needs to be, so you know uh, they do these like screen effects when you're in in things you need to not be in sometimes yeah. where like you'll you'll be standing in fire and you'll get a fire effect around the border of their, your screen. They need to do that for entangling. They need to give you some kind of border effect because right now, like I don't know what kind of sound you would use that would show up in yeah. the like every bit of combat. Um, there's not really a graphic that can show up reliably, I feel like underneath all the different, ground effects that could be happening but a right. screen border they could put a screen border up because that's pretty unique and distinctive and you can just see it very easily so that that's probably because uh something that happened repeatedly is i didn't realize that i had entangling like i was just tanking a pack of mobs can't see my feet um and <laughs> can't see that i've got entangling uh and just like got stunned and almost died Oh jeez, don't oh, jeez. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think in general, like Blizzard, like that's just a Blizzard debuff problem, right? Like, yeah, I think it's just, yeah. You just have to keep in mind that if you're doing a dungeon with Entangle, you just watch your debuffs a little bit closer. And I guess they could always put some sort of like screen flash on there too, but yeah, there's, I I don't so like I was doing you know Mythic Plus Nilthiris and Mythic Plus Vortex Pinnacle for the first time, right? And so Entangling, there wasn't really as much bandwidth for watching the debuffs because i have to watch my feet especially like vortex pinnacle not so much there's yeah. really not a, like the the trash there is very basic yeah um but in Neltharis, there's a lot of like frontals and ground effects and there's some cheeky stuff like there's chains you can use to uh do aoe damage that does both friendly fire damage and a bunch of damage to the enemies so it's like basically a one shot on players but it does like uh -huh. half of the trash's health on a 20 fortified so it's like very valuable to use um yeah but uh we had some some 
fun times with that where there's just like there's just a lot going on and watching your debuffs the f- at least the first couple times doing one of these new dungeons is i don't think a really viable answer um and definitely like there was actually a time that i got entangling stunned while the trash was raging and just died <laughs> just died that's crazy to yeah. the to the three second stun um because you can't dodge or anything while you're stunned yeah so like just right. everything hit me um i i died more to my own trinket the stupid storm boon trinket than i died to entangling though oh it's not a bad default not a bad affix then <laughs> it's it, it's again like the magma tusk situation like that's really the killer thing is it's like uh at least with the storm boon i can bl- i have no one to blame but myself yeah um entangling just like getting a couple people killed to the charge yeah. or somebody like moving out of uh, a puddle that's spawning and they get slowed and they just die that kind of thing is just not fun it's really yeah. like really unpleasant and makes the keys like frustrating yeah. um I will say as well, so I did the first key on a DK. This advanced passive says you can't be slowed less than 70% movement speed, which just actually uh-huh. cuts the entangling slow in half, basically. Okay. And that didn't feel too bad, um, just as far as like annoyance factor. There's something, like there's a, a threshold, I feel like, where it actually just gets a lot worse. Right. And yeah. 50% felt really bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, let's let's move on a little bit from entangling. I know that we, we've talked a lot about this but again yeah, that week. I, I did the I did the entangling keys. I I checked my assumptions, and I'm not gonna say I'm a prophet, but I was pretty spot on that. Like most of the time, it's fine. Sometimes it just wipes you, and the times that it wipes you are, in my opinion, not worth the affix if, if just existing in the first place. That's fair. That's fair. Um, they did make a couple of updates to some of the other affixes too. Um, most notably, uh, explosive, uh, went through a ton of changes. Um, so they've reduced the health of explosive by over 70%, we'll say. Um, so this is a huge amount of, of health reduction on explosive orbs. Um, they're still immune to AOE abilities. So like you still have to basically target them directly and, um, and hit them. Um, but, uh, health reduced huge. Um, they also basically made a couple of changes to the way that they spawn. Um, so their spawn uh, rate has been significantly decreased, at least in terms of the Wowhead terminology. Yeah. Um, basically, Wowhead did a bunch of testing, never saw more than two explosive orbs um, in Which any is pack ball. Good. That is yeah. so good. Exactly. Um, then also on top of that, there seems to be an ICD on explosive orbs being added to a pack. So even after you kill one, there is a sort of a small amount of time where another one, you know, will not spawn um, to replace the one you've killed. So, um, yeah, I think in general, this is a, a great set of changes. Health reduction was huge. I mean, we think we talked about it last week. You had eight seconds uh, to kill something that required all of your DPS to swap to it while also then killing the pack that you're trying yeah. to kill um, would have sort of basically nerfed massive pulls and just required weird healer slash class immunity where like to yeah. get around to taking the damage and not killing them. So the current um, value is definitely something that I feel like in high keys, the meta will still be that you just heal through it when possible and you uh-huh. just DPS stuff. I don't do super high keys, so I don't know if that's accurate, but that's kind of the impression I got from people 
from just kind of watching what people were saying. Yep. Um, I do feel like in Punkies, this becomes a DPS effect, though, which maybe is a success. Because I don't think, like, the, yeah. the damage that the group takes doesn't scale with key level. It's just based on your health. So it's going to do the same thing in a 15 as it does in a 25. Mm-hmm. But in a 15, the orb is going to have, like, a third of the health. Um, probably still, like, it's 137k on a 20, which is too much for a healer to really reliably do unless they are dedicated to doing no healing for that eight seconds yeah um but a dps that's like a lot of dps right now are in the 80 to 100k dps kind of overall uh on single target and so they're not gonna do that like 100 percent of the time but a, a single dps at that level should be able to kill the explosive warp in a couple of seconds so it's going to be like, because there's only two that can be up at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as people are just proactive about swapping to them, you actually just have a ton of time to deal with it as a DPS. And so while this may not make it a DPS a, pick, a fix in high keys, I don't mm-hmm. know that that's ultimately solvable. Yeah, no, that'll, I mean, I think people will always err on the side and we can talk probably a little bit more. That's one of the main topics. Always err on the side of like having healers having dps focus on doing the most amount of damage which emits the plus is gonna be a ton of aoe damage for packs and then everything else becomes a like tank or healer problem to potentially yeah. fix or to, to, rem- to remedy and so there's still some stuff where the um existence of the orbs could go back to being something that some classes abuse uh if you remember right like back in legion it was pretty common for warlocks to farm soul shards off of them and uh you had death knights with uh the what's it called uh the blue ability the blue execute ability i don't know but if something dies while you have it it gives you a big haste buff so if you're playing like a frost dk and you just switch to it you you give it a killing machine obliterate uh, which is going to do most of its health by itself and then you just give it you know the blue thing Uh i don't know i don't remember the spell name somebody's gonna (laughs) yell at me about the spell name um but it's uh then you just get like a, a pretty consistent uptime on that haste buff and that's kind of like when they had so little health that they just died to anything it was yeah. really difficult to actually get that um but maybe they do reach the kind of this is actually kind of similar to the health that they had in legion <laughs> relative yeah. to dps where it was like a couple seconds a couple like i i'm i would have to double check but i i suspect if you're playing like two-handed blit and you just send a killing machine on one of these it dies just in one in one global yeah um but yeah it's uh like i this is this is better i don't know that it's perfect but it's better yeah and i think that i mean to me like the health nerf is big but then also the spawn rate reduction i think is huge in terms Mm -hmm. of just like not over overburdening you to continue to swap uh to different you know, yes. mobs to kill. Basically, I one hundred percent agree with that. I think that's actually the bigger like. Yeah, the I would. HP nerf is a big change, but the spawn rate nerf and the cap. Yeah, is I think the larger of those two. So, now yeah. good, good. We'll say good changes to this to this affix. Still a healer affix, though. I think. I, um, I think that the explosive affix at, is at least one of the better affixes in that bucket. Not in yeah. terms of necessarily challenge, but in terms of like playability 
Yeah. It, it, the, the things that always felt unfair about explosive was when you pulled, like you just pulled a pack and then suddenly five explosives spawn. Having to basically get through them all. Yeah. Yeah. Before you died. And then you get another wave of like four explosives because it was like random. Like it would periodically tick and spawn more explosive orbs. And so you got through five and you just ticked again and they got four more as opposed to what it could have been where it like ticked once and gave you two orbs and ticked again and gave you two orbs. Like that's much easier. Um, yeah. So kind of limiting the degree to which you can get unlucky, making it more even is going to go a long way towards making it uh, more playable, less frustrating. Yeah, yeah, true. And they, they've also then made changes to, I think, the other two new affixes. So Afflicted got a health nerf to the mobs uh, by about 25%. So this will make it slightly easier to heal them up if needed, if you're not going to dispel them um, or purge them or whatever the whatever the, yeah. whatever the thing That's, that you can do is. One so. thing that I wanted to try that didn't, that I didn't, I might get back and do more PTR keys later, is I wanted to try that as a brewmaster and see how easy it was to just like mouse over detox these things. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's like uh, a, probably a better change as you get higher in keys, where like you might not have enough dispels for everything, um, and so yeah. you do have to heal these mobs. Um, no change to their spawn rate though, so still the same spawn rate, just a health nerf on those yeah. guys. And then um, the uh, the next um, the final one is incorporeal. Uh, basically, they just made incorporeal up completely immune to damage. So this sort of covers off the fact where we talked about last week where. Certain CCs you use against them could be breaking very easily by just AOE damage yeah. in general. Um, because they are totally immune. Um, you, you can't, can't break just... a polymorph with AOE damage if they're immune to AOE damage. Exactly. Exactly. So I think this is a great change uh, on a corporeal. Makes your hard CCs a little better. Um, and then also doesn't seem as bad as like if you hit them with a hit one with a paralysis and then it gets broken immediately. And now you have a you're on cooldown for 45 seconds, right? So, right. Um so cool. So that was sort of the the Mythic Plus sort of affix updates along with testing currently ongoing. So you can jump into PTR even right now uh, until Monday yep. um, and uh, and and do your testing. Um, there was also raid testing this week. Um, so Thursday and Friday saw a handful more, um, or sorry, Thursday saw some heroic bosses uh, along with two Mythic bosses. Friday saw a Mythic boss and then they did open normal uh, this weekend. So normal, the normal version of the raid is open currently. Um, for you to jump in there and test some things. So, um, I don't know, Emerson, yeah. did you get a chance to do any raid testing this week? I did testing on Thursday. Our group did not have enough people to do testing on Friday. Um, and then I have not done the normal testing, but from my, what I've heard, the normal testing is basically undoable due to a couple of issues. Uh, forgotten experiments on normal has an issue where sometimes the third boss just won't spawn, so you just can't kill the fight, and then you can't progress. Um, and then... Gotcha. Uh, Assault of the Zakali on normal. There's an ad. There's an ad that spawns. We did this on heroic this week, and it did work on heroic. Uh -huh. uh, but there's an ad that spawns that has a shield, and as long as the shield holds, it's very much like Razagath. As long as the shield holds, you get pulsing AOE damage. So you need to break the shield and kill the ad. Um, on heroic, the shield was like a complete joke. It was a non-mechanic. You just killed the ad. Right. Uh, apparently, they tuned it up, and on normal, they were getting like huge shields and just dying oh geez uh so Jeez. i i people that got through forgotten experiments i know there there are people that also got through that but it was not very like pug friendly uh-huh uh, let's say so uh a lot of groups just didn't get through assault of the zikali which means you can't do reshock the elder and then progress through the rest of the raid 
Gotcha. Um, so more 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 issues with testing, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Assault of the Zakali, aside from like we got stuck in combat once and the boss didn't reset, so we had to like um leave group log out and then like, get when you log back in because you're in boss the raids in boss combat, it kicks you out of the instance uh-huh. and then reset and go back in. Um all during heroic testing on Thursday. Um that was the only issue we really had with that fight, that the fight worked. Um it's a sort of hellfire assault style thing. Um, there's waves of enemies. Uh, the kind of gimmick mechanic of the fight is that the boss does a smash that breaks rocks okay. and you can pick up the rocks and the ads that are coming for the next wave um, are climbing up the sides of this platform. So you can take the rocks and throw them off and uh, prevent the ads from spawning. Which, at least initially on uh, like launch week, you're going to want to be doing because you will get overwhelmed there. If you don't use the rocks at all, there are a lot of ads. We didn't use the rocks initially and we just got overwhelmed. Um, but then, uh, you know, in a few weeks of farm, you just won't need to use the rocks and it'll be a complete AoE fiesta. Gotcha. Um, but then there's also, so that fight, it's a two-phase fight. The first phase, the boss jumps back and forth in between two platforms, and they're connected by like a, a you know, bridge, basically. Okay. It's not a bridge, but we'll call it a bridge. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of like break the raid up into two teams, and um, one, the ad, the side that doesn't have the boss on it gets extra ads. Okay. So you really need to be using the rocks on those. And then uh, the side that has the boss has the boss plus some ads. And so uh, the first phase ends when the boss reaches 15% health. And then he goes and he tries to break down the door. And you just got to kill the boss before he breaks the door. Uh, there was one boss, other yeah. bug, actually, that we ran into. It didn't prevent progressing the boss, but it did make it so it was hard to judge what exactly was supposed to happen. Um, <laughs> he's supposed to do damage to the door. And he just wasn't. The door was immune. Oh, okay. So it was impossible to fail that phase. So That's we kind of hung out in phase two for a while, just like testing things and seeing like, okay, who can solo? There's a like a meteor soak on the door. Who can solo that soak? Um, turns out tanks can do it very easily because it's physical damage. Um, so that was a that was a thing. Um, but also we had to like hard stop damage as soon as we hit phase two because fifteen percent health on the boss is just not very much. Yeah. So like, if you were gonna just like do the boss for progression 15 percent. you just kind of like he just dies before he does anything gotcha which may be ptr tuning kind of things right like yeah, they may I mean, have uh, under tuned the boss's health just so people could see the second phase uh-huh. because they knew people would do like we did and just hard stop damage and check out the mechanics um but that's definitely like a potential tuning issue where 15% health is just not very much. Yeah, no, for the other final stand stuff, yeah. Um, then we did two mythic bosses. There was the Amalgamation Chamber Mythic, um, which is the like fire and shadow elementals. Um, and it's basically the heroic version of the fight, uh, but there were some pretty significant changes to how the debuffs worked. Uh, so now the debuffs, uh, before they applied like every 10 seconds, uh, mm-hmm. Each stack did more damage. They like cut the damage in half. It applies every five seconds now. But importantly, it's also a permanent debuff. Um, oh, okay. So you can't naturally drop it with something like AMS like you could before. 
um, you just have to uh, basically the way it works is it's almost like Anduin. Um, not the part of Anduin where touching somebody with the same debuff just like wiped the raid. Um, but the part of Anduin where touching somebody with the opposite debuff lets you clear yours. It turns it from a permanent debuff into a 20 second long debuff that will naturally expire at the end of it. And then, yeah. so that's how you reset your stacks. Um, the issue that we ran into is that you can only clear on another player. So if there's okay. an uneven number of players with debuffs, you just have somebody that can't clear their debuff. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that was a little bit of a problem. Um, it was kind of weird because there's like um, each boss mechanic also applies stacks. So it felt like you should be able to, for example, if you have the shadow debuff, go and soak one of the fire meteors. And that should like start your shadow debuff ticking down so that you can clear it without needing to have an exactly equal number of people. Um, but otherwise, like it's just the heroic fight. Uh, that was the the one big change. Uh, was it? It just your your debuffs now function differently. Gotcha. Uh, but also, without there being a uh, eye of the jailer's style, you blow up the raid mechanic that punishes you for getting both. Uh, definitely a like shadow priest boomkin kind of like sit in the middle and dot both and just do a ton of damage angle. Uh, maybe not on prog, but 100% on farm. <laughs> uh, and 100% less frustrating. You could do that on Eye of the Jailer too, but what it required is all of the range. You know, they would go and they would get their um, debuff from one side and then they'd go to the middle and they had to stay close enough to the one that they uh, kept their debuff. Yeah. But then they could, they could, you know, DPS both to some degree, and that was very frustrating to try and actually enable. Um, yeah. But since you're not going to blow up the raid doing this, uh, it's not as frustrating. <laughs> Imagine that. Fair enough. Uh, and then we had the Forgotten Experiments. Um, so this one is the kind of three boss one. You go through three bosses. The first one does is basically general call. It's just general call. Uh, the second one um it puts debuffs out on people that spawn orbs when they expire and jump to a new target so you get more and more debuffs throughout the phase and uh the orbs do pulsing aoe damage until so you kill them but importantly the boss does a big raid aoe event and it every orb that is up when it happens replicates the damage gosh so you have to keep the orbs under control yeah, you, you really cannot have the any orbs alive when <laughs> that happens or you just die yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third one has like a Halandra's kind of goalie mechanic, except that you get a stacking debuff, uh, kind of like Razageth for soaking the tornadoes every time you bounce the ball. Uh, gotcha. The biggest issue we ran into on this fight is on, so on Heroic, every boss comes out after you kill the previous one. On okay. Mythic, they come out at 50%. Oh, Jesus, okay. And so I, it, we just had a really difficult time figuring out a good way to manage that because of just how long you still have the previous boss when the second one comes out. Like, and it just kind of creates very messy overlaps because it it does actually end up with some push timer stuff. Um, where like, depending on when you push, you might have an overlap of the uh, like rending charge that the first boss does with the raid AOE damage that the second boss does. And so that's really difficult to survive without a really strong defensive. 
Um, gotcha. And things like that. Um, it almost felt like either the bosses had too much health, which I don't necessarily think so. I don't think the bosses had too much health, but it felt like maybe 50% health was too high for them to come down. Um, but then it's also PTR. Our comp is very scuffed. I was doing tank damage. Um, I was not playing tank. I was playing DPS, yeah. at least in theory. Um, so it's hard to say if that's just like, a, a, again, like PTR issues, like scuffed group comp, scuffed players, meaning me doing tank damage on the mage, um, <laughs> yeah. or, or what the, what the issue was. Um, so we'll see that one. I have some concerns about cause it could, there's nothing that seemed like SLG level. You just die now kind of bad overlap, right, but right, you can right. definitely, depending on when you push, get some harder overlaps than others. But again, gotcha. it's supposed to be like third boss or something. Um, so it shouldn't be that hard. But uh, yeah, it's definitely no, no, uh, you know, the nine or something like that. It's <laughs> just a completely trivial third boss. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. So other than, I mean, other than normal, it sounds like maybe like one or two other bugs. Sounds like decent yeah, I mean, testing. The so, mythic bosses cool. worked, worked great on Thursday. Um, no real bugs that we ran into just like weird tuning stuff and the cool. debuffs on um the debuffs on amalgamation chamber being very unintuitive in how they worked right um it was just really not clear how they worked the dungeon journal hadn't been updated so we were kind of like trying to figure it out and like i thought it worked one way other people thought it worked another it turns out we were both like partially wrong <laughs> and yeah. it like I was more wrong, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it was just really confusing. So, yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, well, cool. Um, I mean, I guess we we still have a couple more weeks of rate testing, and we'll talk about that. But um, sounds like we're getting yeah. close, and we need to probably clean up some of those weird bugs, and then we'll we'll see on live what the speaking what the overlap potentially looks. Um, speaking, yeah, of. one 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 more thing before we get into the actual release date. So they did okay. come out with a blue post about the raid um, and about BOEs in the raid. So yeah. basically mythic BOEs or, or items that are set to be mythic BOEs uh, will actually drop as BOP. Uh, so very similar to um, what happened in the opening raid. Um, God, I can't, what's the name of it? I can't even remember it. Uh, what raid are we in? Vault anyway. Incarnates? Yeah, vaults. Sorry. Jesus, I couldn't, I <laughs> blanked. I was like going to say so polker. Um not this. Um, so yeah, so vaults, just like in vaults, um, for mythic only difficulty, the BOEs will be bind on pickup um, for the uh, probably the initial couple weeks, and then eventually they'll you know move them back to be bind on equip items. Um, so yeah, so that is the uh, the quick update. They basically confirmed that um, today, so or I guess over the weekend. So. Um, but cool, I guess, uh, now on to some of the, I guess the larger topic is, um, we have a release date for 10.1. Um, yeah. it's a lot sooner than I thought, just based on a lot of the feedback I've gotten in terms of the raid testing and, and sort of stuff like that. But yeah, May um, 2nd, yeah, 10.1 is May 2nd with the raid, uh, coming out May 9th, the, the week later. So May 2nd for all, you know, the new zone, the new faction, the new assault things. Um, season 2 starts, uh, or no, sorry. No, no. Yet. Sorry, yet. just all that. Uh, and then also uh, cross-faction guilds uh, coming in 
uh, yeah. night, which I think oh, is the biggest nice. thing. I can't wait to be gnome. I'm so excited. Um, we yeah, so, a, <laughs> so I can't wait to not have half, like not half, but like several of our players just in a guild where nobody's there and have to like manually trade Vantis runes and yeah. all that stuff. That's yeah, that's awful. So yeah, we so can, cross faction guilds would be fun though. Yeah. Um, um, so but, season two then starts May 9th. So it's a week later. We have basically a dead week at the start of the patch. Uh, you can still get cutting edge during that if you're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I believe the May 2nd end of season one cutoff is what applies for the Mythic Plus season titles, the PvP titles and mounts, um, all of that uh-huh. stuff. So that's a pretty close cutoff actually and does kind of like we got the big razageth nerfs it's not nerfed anywhere as hard as the jailer was the jailer was a complete joke after the nerfs um but it it, it removed p3 from that fight yeah and and p4 basically it's true actually true um but yeah that the uh probably final round of nerfs hit Razageth this week, that's in line with like, okay, there's a month left. Try and shepherd a bunch of teams through the end of the tier. Uh, there is actually, so related to that, there has been a spiking in kills over the past week. Okay. Um, we went from, so over the past like uh, month, there had been like 40 to 50 kills a week. Okay. Uh, and this week, uh there were 85 so double mission success i guess yeah yeah no yeah they, uh those nerfs are big and they want to get people through i think i saw a graphic too that, that was talking about like razageth is like the least killed mythic end boss uh in like in the past while. like yeah. yeah like two it's, uh, or almost three full expansions though there so that's an interesting one because it's also uh aranog is the least killed uh mythic entry boss in a while too yeah so things just lower amounts of people actually rating because there's probably other stuff you can do with the game which is yeah yeah um but yeah we have we have the release date and then of course with the week after so may 9th will be mythic plus season two starting along with the raid opening and it's all difficulties again um, yeah. i don't know if you mentioned that so um it seems yeah. like all difficulties is going to be the thing moving forward i I felt a little FOMO, we'll say, uh, for like the first couple weeks of, you know, being in a guild that only raids two days a week. And, um, yeah, we still spent like, I mean, ultimately, like we will follow very similar to what a lot of the world first guilds will will follow in that it is better use of your time to farm tier sets than to just get a mythic boss kill. So like, yeah, if you still have people in your raid that need tier sets, you should still be killing bosses that you can kill that drop tier, right? Yeah. Uh, which is generally going to be and like later in the instance heroic bosses. So yeah, and um, one important component of this season versus season one is that we're going to be entering it with much higher island level relative to yeah. the rate. Um, the if you remember the preseason item level for season one was around three eighty, um, unless you did DGen like. Uh, treasure farming and stuff in which yeah. case you could get up Fire to farming. like 385 386 387 um which is below normal um that's below normal eye level yeah. uh whereas um what we're going into season two with uh typically is around like i'm eye level 420 on my dk 
Um, my monk, that's my alt, is eye level 415. Um, normal next tier will drop lower than that to start with. The later bosses might drop close to that, but right. um, there's not going to be like the situation that we ran into last tier where normal Vault of the Incarnates was just like plus 10 eye levels over anything that dropped, anything that you could get prior to uh, the, yeah. the raid releasing. Um, which also just means that your uh, initial clears are going to be easier. Heroic is going to be easier in terms of numbers. Mythic is going to be easier in terms of numbers. Um, but also, uh, it's going to take um, less time to get geared up to the new heroic level because you just have, you're starting from a higher point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, the longest, I think... You're right in terms of just overall gear, but I think you'll you're still gonna want to pick up those tier sets. So like, oh regardless yeah, one hundred percent. That's yeah. still correct. That's still one hundred percent correct. Um, it's just gonna be easier to do now than it was yeah. in uh, season one, where like more guilds will be able to reliably get through the tier bosses. Um, you know, week one, aside from potentially the end boss uh, right. on heroic and normal, and pick up you know all of the tokens instead of what a lot of guilds ran into in season one where they kind of got gear checked on some of the end wing bosses and didn't get through all of them i think most like uh higher end ce guilds um got through maybe not aotc but you know the the first eight which is all your tier bosses in week one right um but that was not a super common thing. That was very much like a, a 1% kind of thing. Like we, I think we got AOTC week one. We might've gotten it week two. I don't remember. I, don't um, remember. I think we got rising at the week two, like on an off night. Like, cause we, yeah. we, since it's all flex, I mean, we generally actually raid like every night we have enough people on those yeah. first two weeks. So Fair enough. just to make sure we get it down. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's another great, I mean, I, not a great, but it's another just difference that we'll have to keep in mind in terms of like everything coming out at once. And um, it seems like this will be the new direction for Blizzard. I think they like this. Um, yeah. So they, we will probably continue to see it. So um, Yeah. Uh, important note. So we mentioned the Omni tokens uh, before. There are three Omni tokens-ish up for grabs week one that most guilds will have the ability to uh, like feasibly get um, you have the one from normal scale commander Sarkareth the one from heroic scale commander Sarkareth which we actually don't know for those if it's going to scale with group size or not I hope it does because otherwise we're going to be kind of pressured into doing like 10 player splits which is yeah. stupid we shouldn't be pressured into doing that but having like literally double the amount of tier tokens from those bosses is kind of a lot of pressure um, and then also everybody in your raid gets an omni token for getting ahead of the curve yeah um either ahead of the curve or i don't remember if it's 2000 or 2500 mythic plus score 2500 i'm pretty sure it was okay. it's higher than the just getting them out so yeah gonna yeah them. so um that's gonna do a lot for getting people tier like everybody just getting a free omni like literally your entire raid yeah. That is, if if you go by the numbers playing in like a 20 person, let's say you're, you're clearing with like 25 people in heroic, that is 
legitimately like a month's worth of clears worth of tier tokens. Yeah. Um, it is so many tier tokens. Uh, it is worth much less for like world first guilds where they are doing splits. So those tier tokens that they get are they're doing a larger raid size where fewer people are getting the gear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, versus us, we're like, we're doing it with, you know, 25 people and we want the gear for everybody in that 25 people. Um, so that's a lot more valuable for guilds at like our level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be very valuable and hopefully will mean we don't need, uh, to do as much heroic farming for tier sets. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope so with these Omni tokens and it, yeah, it also helped just being able to give people like four set off the last boss once they're starting to farm, which will be, which yeah. will be nice where we're not like, like, cause I ran into the situation where I needed gloves. And so like after you kill sent off drops gloves, right? Yeah. It's, it's like my, gloves. like my week is done. I'm no longer excited about yeah. <laughs> getting, getting, yeah, we ran into so. that same thing. Uh, venerated gloves off Senarth just did yeah. not exist. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, we've covered a lot of the 10.1 stuff already. So like the different zones and, and some of the new systems. So um, I'm not going to spend too much time for the remainder of this call to talk about that. But there was a, a handful of 10.1 specific things um, just wanted to sort of cover as it comes up. So the first one is Blizzard is combining the Hall of Fame. Uh, so um, the Hall of Fame is now the first 200 guilds, regardless of faction, to kill uh, Scale Commander Sakharath. Um, we'll get the Fame Slayer title um, for one of those first top. So, uh, funny side effect of this, it actually makes it harder to get into Hall of Fame now. Um, so, my yeah. guild would have gotten Alliance Hall of Fame if we were Alliance. We were World three forty two. Yeah. So we're we're you know one hundred and forty two ranks off of getting Hall of Fame. But we would have gotten the Alliance Hall of Fame this yeah. year if we had been Alliance. Um, so there are going to be Alliance guilds that were consistently getting Hall of Fame that are no longer going to get Hall of Fame because the threshold moved up by 100 ranks. There are going to be a Horde guilds now that were not getting Hall of Fame that now will get Hall of Fame in place of those Alliance guilds because right. they were in the, you know world 140 150 160 range and just like miss the cutoff by a week or two right um so that's going to be uh well that's going to be a little bit chaotic yeah yeah no i mean i um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out in terms of like what guild lots where i think I mean, I think if you're in a Hall of Fame guild, at least a, a Horde guild already, you pretty much have zero to worry about. I think it's just, you know, when you're on the cusp, particularly like, you know, later Alliance kills or even just in general, um, Horde guilds that may have in the past been, you know, missed out on Hall of Fame by a week are now in. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. One big list, top 200, you get the the, the achievement. So, um so cool. And then the um, one other topic just on 10.1 is there's a new vendor coming uh, in the Zaralek Caverns. Um, goes by the name of Ponzo. And the interesting thing about Ponzo is Ponzo sells essentially uh, artifact knowledge um, points. So there's the ability to use these barter bricks that drop you content plus a couple other stuff. 
and you can purchase, you know, knowledge points along with a bunch of other pro profession stuff from from not only this vendor, but um, there's a second vendor, Misty, uh, that sells some recipes. So um, just keep that in mind, if particularly if you're bringing up alts or bringing up a different character and need the knowledge points. Um, Anzi or Ponzo uh, has your items, which is funny because it sounds a lot like Ponzi scheme uh, when I say it out loud. Um, so. um. This is so the uh, this is kind of taking the place of the artisans consortium vendor that currently sells knowledge points for um, what's the currency? Uh, I'm blanking mm -hmm. the name of the currency. Ooh. Huh? I don't know. Sorry, I was. Uh, it, it currently sells it in two batches of five, which is exactly what this guy does. You can get up to ten knowledge points from this, so it's not like a. Uh, forever grind um it is you can get five knowledge points for each of your professions and then you can get another five uh for each of your professions um without spending your rare like weekly limited resource that you have to use for doing high-end crafts guaranteed which is uh -huh. nice um so that should actually uh reduce the incentive for people to gamble on rank five crafts and instead just do rank five crafts and charge a higher fee. Yeah. Um, which will be nice because gambling sucked. Uh, that was like one of the worst parts of crafting in, in 10.0 was the like, I want to rank five. How many times am I going to have to get this recrafted to get a rank five? I don't know. It could cost me 2000 gold. It could cost me 200,000 gold. Let's find out. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, nice little catch up here. Um, just mechanic and then a couple of, like I said a, a couple of new recipes too for the group but just want to highlight yeah if you need more knowledge points which I am terribly behind in my profession stuff um, I don't think they added new like things to spend knowledge points on though right no 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 there's no changes to the underlying profession so just it yeah. probably just it just allows you to quicker or it gives you both two things catch up from an alt perspective if you want to change that way you know you're yeah. not missing on all that and then also just to help you close out any sort of open things you might have on your mains so yeah um, so like i'm i'm at the point on my monk with leather working that i can craft every male item every leather item every primordial item um and i can do almost all of them at rank five go wow okay fair enough and so this is like, I, I can't guarantee most of them to rank five is the thing. I can only gamble most of them to rank five. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, but this is going to be something, you know, this will be a little nice bump combined with just other weekly knowledge sources to finish that off and get to the point that I can actually guarantee everything to rank five. Nice. 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 Well, very cool. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So that's sort of some of the upcoming vendor stuff. Uh in 10.1 um cool. so, you've got this exciting this exciting is my final topic here. yeah <laughs> um the one a little bit more time on but um so switching gears slightly and this is sort of coming out of mdi last week and then people sort of making a big deal about this but essentially in mdi last week there was a key that was healed uh or key sorry key that was um run without a healer um and so this is sort of an interesting take but um, and then sort of as people dive more into it, you know, it's actually the fact that like we've seen 28 tyrannical court of stars completed without healers, right. Or, um, you know, other, other, um, other keys are being done. Shadow yeah. Moon also got done without healers at, at, I mean, a 28 is extremely high level key. Like that's not yeah. a baby yeah. key. And so not having a healer is an interesting 
you know, position to be in when you when you look at something that's four DBS in a tank. And this so is, this is not the same as before anybody brings it up, not the same as year old like we're gonna do a fifteen or even a twenty with five tanks. Yeah. Right. Like those happen every season, but that's like weekly key territory, not twenty eights, which are just a level below world first keys. Exactly. Yeah, and so it brought up a, a bunch of discussion both in the community, a bunch of people tweeting back and forth, and then you know Wowhead Tettles from Wowhead wrote did a little bit of a write up, and I mean it, it, it's a it's an interesting conundrum that um, that I it, it's 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 an interesting conundrum just because of the way that you have to balance this out, right? The ability to do a key without a healer essentially means there's little limited to no healing, right? And so yeah. there's sort of this this balancing game with Blizzard where. Um, in Mythic Plus, because you you only have a single person that generally is able to like main heal or, or to be a healer, right? In this regard, um, you kind of have to balance a lot of the damage and healing and, and, and damage required or damage that goes out, healing required to heal up that damage, and then some sort of utility around that too, right? And it yeah. puts it it puts you in a very specific case of where, and it's it's honestly this is most of the reason I don't like Mythic Plus is I don't like being the only healer because a lot of it's a lot of pressure and you're sort of like most groups will wipe and blame a healer before anyone else. Um, and yeah. so the problem with this is that you end up in keys that have just extremely high healing requirements, which means only certain classes can then make those healing requirements because not every healing class is made the same. Right. It's um, not like uh, the situation in Raid where it doesn't really matter whether you're playing the best healing comp or the the, the worst healing comp in like a heroic environment, right? Um, which is what most people pug. You don't really pug the later mythic bosses. Um Whereas in you, there's no real limit to what you can pug in Mythic Plus. Um, not at least that most people will practically run into, but they will run into the keys where it's high enough that having the worst healer versus the best healer is very noticeable. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean there there have been even now like there have been healing checks, and Jack went through this right uh, where like you there's just a portion of there's a boss or a mechanic in a dungeon that requires. A specific amount of healing to get through and as a healer you either do that or you don't and if you don't do that you are not running that key right yeah. which is which is sort of a it's honestly a, i think a, a generally a, a bad problem right in terms of like you then limit what healers you can play towards the top end and i realize that like at the bleeding edge there will always be a class or set of classes that dominate just based on right. their kit and what they have but like we see this today from like a mythic plus perspective in in monks where like they are generally you know considered a lesser class although we it's funny somebody in peak lounge has the data to back up that actually most healing classes are made the same <laughs> if you start to take away a lot of the noise in the data um but um but yeah it sort of runs into this problem of okay they blizzard to allow people to continue to like push keys in a class they want they have to lower these healing checks and eventually they lower them enough that you no longer need a healer <laughs> <laughs> right and so it's um it's an interesting balancing act i i personally am all for like things doing more damage in general and like having heal like having healing being a requirement yeah um but there's also the there's also the check of like that then puts a ton of stress on someone throughout an entire key if like your yeah. group is basically a wrong cast decision away from wiping right which is like what you never want to have you never want to be like yeah if i healed person a instead of person b we live based on the way the damage went out versus like i healed person a so we wiped because i picked 
the wrong person in like the half second I had to make a decision on who to heal. There's a so Nukud is a pretty good example of this with both the lightning boss and the final boss having pretty intensive healing checks. Electrical storm on the lightning boss, um, requiring your healer basically originally to have 10 stacks of the buff that uh, increases healing and damage done. Uh, which meant that your party actually had to participate in allowing your healer to stack and maintain that buff leading up to the electrical storm, um, or you would just die. But a yeah. lot of pugs would not let you do that, and you could get away with less on like a resto druid. A resto druid could do it with less than a resto shaman, and something like a resto shaman has the extra added problem. And Invoker actually has the same problem of the arena being kind of set up where people naturally spread to play goalie with the orbs. But really, for those healers, during the Electrical Storm, you want people to be more or less stacked um, so that they can be healed. But the Resto Druid, again, doesn't have that constraint. Um, So people can just kind of like YOLO with a Resto Druid on that and do it. And while a Resto Shaman or a Preservation Evoker can both do it, they they both require your group to actually be aware of their like healer and help their healer and from a pug perspective that ain't happening man no that ain't happening no exactly so um so yeah i mean it's a it it definitely the conversation is now like sort of a little bit more front and center around uh, like healers in mythic plus like what exactly is their job right and like if you can get past a healing check without a healer then like you of course bring another dps right yeah. And there's a there's a compounding issue here um, that you also see that DPS now bring certain DPS classes will bring minor healing also right some might be bring major enough. healing that's true I mean like I guess uh, yeah astral so this, guidance ancestral guidance is pretty strong for enhancement right so right so this uh, this key quarter stars that nerfed it with zero healers it was a protection paladin which yep. of course it brings hand of the protector and wog um, and sack. And Bob and spell warding. So, like protection paladin, very good for this. Um, and then it had an enhancement shaman. So that's your enhancement shaman AG. That's a I think a ninety second cooldown or is it a two minute cooldown? Uh, anyway, two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes does a ton of healing. Ton of ton yeah. of healing. Uh, good enhancement shaman can more or less solo the healing absorbs with AG on Mythic Brassicath. To for like context on how much healing it does, it does a lot. Um, yeah. And then a uh, Shadow Priest, which brings Vampiric Embrace. Not as good at like burst healing as the um, AG, but lower cooldown, longer duration. Yeah. And then it brings a uh, Windwalker, which kind of doesn't have anything. Uh, but, you know... Other than, bring... other than being fairly tanky. Yeah. I mean... I mean Karma yeah, and their defenses. Kinda. Karma, Diffuse Magic, Dip Harm, Fort Brew. Yeah, they got a lot going on for them now. Plus the ability to like instant vivify themselves for free periodically. So that helps. And then Demon Hunter, which is actually just like Havoc Demon Hunter is ludicrously tanky. Uh, <laughs> and has like, they don't really need a lot of help on their own for most things. Like you're looking at, so the third boss of Quarter Stars is actually going to be the scariest probably in this scenario. Yeah, with but the fires, yeah. It ramps up the damage over the course of the encounter. If you just kill it 25% faster, you don't need as much. Yep. Exactly. So you, then you probably get through that with your AG plus your vampiric embrace plus the wog healing help keeping people topped. 
and like from a like tank perspective from like a protection paladin perspective this happens because of hand of the protector being very good and also because protection paladin just has a resource glut like blood decay does as well but blood decay can't funnel it into healing other people they can just funnel it into more damage that's your only option right protection right. paladin you can funnel it into more damage through more shield of the righteous casts or you can funnel it into group healing with word of glory yeah. So this is where we mentioned earlier, Hand of the Protector got nerfed from 250% increased healing to 100% increased healing. This is basically why. Yeah, part of the reason this is, yeah. Yeah, and and so, I mean, the this, like the overall, just to, the reason I wanted to bring this up and sort of the, the question really probably to the group and to everybody is like, from a, from a healer perspective, this definitely sucks in terms of like essentially being replaced by a bunch of DPS, right? Um, I don't think this will end up being a widespread problem. I think to that point, like this requires a ton of group coordination. So yeah, I don't foresee your weekly 15s all of a sudden no healer runs being like dominating. Yeah, um, this is this is very much like I'm you know how I was mentioning like evoker and rest of shaman on that lightning boss requiring like your groups to help your healers. Yeah. This requires your groups to help each other. And it, again, like your weekly pugs are not gonna do this. Exactly. Yeah, but I, the other side of it too that that I sort of appreciate is the fact that like there are other classes that can help support healing, right? So, and I don't want Blizzard to take that away because yeah. like like Ve and, and Nature's Vigil, particularly Nature's Vigil under cooldowns from a Moonkin, is like a fairly solid amount of healing, right? Yeah, uh, that goes out on individuals across the raid. So, I mean, Feral, Feral Druid uh, Nature's Vigil also pretty good. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean. At the end of the day, this is definitely an interesting sort of piece around more, I'd say less at the top end, but more about just how they go, how Blizzard goes about designing Mythic Plus Dungeons in terms of like, what exactly is the healer's overall role? Is it just to heal up damage, which then means, okay, you will need to input specific healer checks, healing checks, um, whether that's on trash or bosses, or, and this is where you get into like, do healers care about this, right? Is like, or is the healer's role more like a support role where they, heal but then also do other things right within yeah. a dungeon and like and this is kind of where we end up with stuff like explosive just being a de facto healing yeah. fix is because the healer doesn't have to spend the time healing and they don't contribute damage that's on the level of an actual dps they are the one that makes the most sense to just sit there and, and one-shot explosives exactly exactly yeah yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see more um, potentially this. I mean, I think at this at this point in the season, I, you know, it's sort of a, a moot point in terms of like, it, yeah, it's not going to trickle. It doesn't seem like it's going to trickle down into the larger population just yet. But as we learn more about next season, and I think this community, the community in WoW, is generally like they find an idea and they're fixated on maybe a little too much until they get bored. And I think this will be definitely a season two thing where you will start to see more and more people try and push no healer keys. Yeah. And see how how far they can go. Which, if you play healer, and you love Mythic Plus, maybe not the best thing. Um, yeah, because a lot you don't be able a lot of pugs so, go for that four DPS one. So I will say that I don't like that they nerfed um, Hand of the Protector so much because I think it's a really fun thing to have access to. I think that playing Protection Paladin and having the ability to send out these huge wogs on people is super fun. Yeah. But in the state that Protection Paladin is currently in, where they're very tanky and they don't need those extra resources for themselves, it is probably too strong. So I understand it, but I would like to see it come back in the future when Protection Paladin is no longer in that state. Uh-huh. Um, but I also think this there's 
an inequality in not healers per se. I mean, yes, healers, but like it's not in healing like raw numbers throughput. I think it is very much a like mechanical issue with certain healers Without versus heal. the boss encounters. Like to go back to Nokud, um, not the lightning boss I already talked about, but like the last boss, the healing check, the major healing like do or die check there is when you have the intermission where the four casters are up and there's a bunch of damage going out. There's ticking raid damage. There's people getting blasted by storm bolts because people aren't kicking them and stopping them and all this stuff. Um, and you also cannot stand and cast. Yeah. And not only can you not stand and cast, other people are not going to stand and cast because if you group up, you bait all the lightnings into the same area and then you kill each other. So you're like forcing people to spread. And so that is very punishing for something like a resto shaman. People are spread yeah. and also you can't stand and cast. So that means all of like all of resto shaman heals pretty much besides like riptide are sit there and cast. So R resto shaman is unduly punished on that boss versus basically any other healer. Yeah. Um, and because they're spread, you also run into range issues on something like evoker. Evoker is a really good healer, but that's not saying that like in a pug, people are not going to outrange your heals and make it life very frustrating for you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you also run into that same style of issue on one of the other notable healing checks in uh, early keys, which was the last boss of Ruby Life Pools. Um, where again, you end up with people pretty hard spread in the second phase. And there's a lot of healing that has to happen or people just die in like three or four seconds. Right. But also you don't really have a lot of opportunity to stand still and cast. You have people that are widely spread. So again, like Evoker and Resto Shaman paying the penalty for that, whereas something like a Resto Druid just doesn't. Just by design, Resto Sh Druid just not having to cast basically ever uh -huh. and um, not having any issues healing people that are farther away. Um, like it, everybody else pays some penalties for that. And I think fundamentally there's just like a dungeon design thing that there's just resto druid just never has to pay any of these penalties and so they're just always the best healer yeah 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 so i mean we'll i mean we'll see how this sort of lays out because i think yeah there's there's a bunch that goes into like what um like what healer ends up being good and how you deal with certain damage at certain points because yeah, not every healer is created the same. And so like the healing checks also can't be the same. So um, yeah, yeah, this is a, it's an interesting conundrum for Blizzard. We'll see how they work it out in Mythic Plus. But um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny that, um, I, yeah, that we saw a no healer key at MDI, then a bunch of posts come out about this. And then a DPS player writes a healing article for Wowhead. So, uh, <laughs> and they nerf a tank. Yeah, and they nerf a tank. Yeah. So no. Good yeah. good times. Good times. Uh if I if I were a betting man, I would bet on AG being the next DPS healing thing to get nerfed. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So well, cool. I but think we are I... over time. And I think we both have stuff to do this afternoon. Uh at least this time we spent less time talking about entangling. <laughs> Slightly. 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 Uh but that is gonna be it for this show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, you can support this show and all the work that goes on over at the Pika Serenity, uh, over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place 
to annoy anomaly with discussions about no healer keys in mist lounge that's true i love that i love that uh, you you can also talk about them in brew lounge and mist lounge but we're not really going to be as receptive to the trolling we are probably <laughs> going to just participate <laughs> so that may be more fun for you or less fun depending on the reaction you want but that's going to be it for the show today thank you for listening and we will see you next week bye